Hello and welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner since 96. And joining me here on this gloomy Sunday, but very important Sunday afternoon, um, is Monty. Hello, hello, Monty. Hello, hello mate. You good? It's, oh, uh, good, yeah. It's been a minute, hasn't it? It has been a minute. It's been two weeks, so we do have a bit of explaining to do. What's been happening? You promised you would be back a week after... Um, the final game. Yes, I did indeed promise. And I guess, well, I broke my promise to put it simply. Um, I, I don't know what happened. Basically, since Arsenal have stopped playing football, life has just been very strange because I've enjoyed this non-stop, constant um, churning of games on a daily basis. But because it, it hasn't really involved like club football or Arsenal I've just been quite complacent in a sense I've barely been on Twitter because well what's the point there's no real mm-hmm. Arsenal news uh, except for the last kind of week or so um, there's been quite a lot of stuff coming out and in the last 24 hours or so things have exploded <laughs> on the internet so look we're back um, we were gonna always be back in fact we were supposed to come back last week as well I don't know what happened Basically, life has just been a little bit crazy. We're here, though. We're here. Um, Sham was supposed to join us as well, but he he might still be asleep. I know it's still quite early um, in the States, and he's probably reeling from the fact that they're not in the World Cup anymore. They got um, knocked out last night, so commiserations to them. Uh, but yeah, Monty, how's it going, man? I know um, we, we, we saw each other, didn't we, for the first time, uh, I think a week ago, or just over a week ago. Uh, we had a nice little kickabout. <laughs> Well, maybe I'm I'm overestimating it a little bit. Not really a kick, but it was more of a um a kick. Yeah, it was more of a kick. Now I'm I'm, I'm doing well. Like you said, I've literally I could second what you said. I mean, haven't been too much on uh, on Twitter. Like you said, it's just been it's been a weird sort of lull. Um, but I've been enjoying watching the World Cup though. There's been some upsets. There's been uh, there's still football going on, do you know. Um, yeah. and we've obviously got the big game today. Well, I said big game. Obviously, there's listeners around the world who have different big games, but England, Senegal, that would be a interesting watch. I think Senegal could definitely could definitely make it hard for us if they wanted to. Yeah. Um. So got got to watch out for that. Um. But yeah, like I said, I mean, it was it was it was weird because we were in such a good vibe, and I feel like if we feel like this, how do the players feel? Does that mean like will will they, will it change? Mm. Uh, will because I mean, like they've gone now, gone into like, I mean, Qatar's not exactly cold, yeah. Even during winter, it's not cold, but it's not, it won't be absolutely roasting there either. But, um, oh, will, will that affect the players? You know, like if they if they're out there, if they stay out there deep into the tournament, will that come back and they come back to the chilly British weather? Yeah. Will that affect their that's actually a great question? I hadn't thought about that before, but obviously, weather makes a massive difference to human beings, like. I, for one, know what it's like to come back from a hot country to a cold country. And for the first week, you're just like, you know, shivering and yeah, just trying literally. to readjust. And it does have a big, big impact. But luckily, you know, after the World Cup finishes and depending on where um, each of the teams end up, 
they will have that week to kind of readjust. Um, look, before we get started, I do want to just um, talk about the podcast a little bit, because as you will know, or if you don't use Spotify, you won't know, but Spotify does this thing every year where they have a, a wrap up and the wrap up essentially gives you your statistics and kind of breaks down for you what your listening has been like. And um, for podcasts, they've introduced that as well. And so today I was, I was uh, surprised to find all of our statistics for the podcast specifically on spotify so these are just stats for spotify but um i just want to quickly run through because i was amazed at how far we've come and how much we've managed to actually achieve in terms of like listenership and um different countries and all that kind of stuff um so according to spotify we created 3674 minutes of new content which is more than 94 percent of other creators in the sports category which is incredible. Jeez. It's amazing, isn't it? It's like, yeah, um, we're up there. We're up there right at the top. We, it was heard in over 54 countries. 54 countries around the world have heard the Arsenal Therapy podcast. Mental. Nice. Um, the top five being UK, US, Australia, Ireland, and Norway, which I find quite interesting. I know, obviously, our captain's from Norway. So that's probably attracted a lot of the listeners from there, but just shows big Arsenal fan base in Norway. Um, Something magical happened between the 31st of July and the 6th of August. We had 222% more listeners compared to our average week. So something happened. I'm sure it was uh, football wasn't happening then because we were uh, um, in the summer transfer window. Um, but yeah, uh, despite that, we still managed to get 222% uh, more listeners than we would have. The podcast was in the top 15% most globally shared Okay, which means that most people have been Ooh. sharing the podcast um, in on Spotify network anyway. 89% with direct links, 3% WhatsApp, 1% Twitter, bloody blah, blah, blah. Um, and we are in the top 10% of most followed podcasts, which is sick. Love that. The growth. So, the growth is crazy, mate. Like 90%. This, is, this is all news to me as well because you get to see the stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, literally, just before we, we we came on, I was just I was just flicking through. Um, ninety seven percent of your listeners discovered you in twenty twenty two. It's been a massive year for us, and our listeners scored at the podcast four point three out of five, um, which of course I would have loved five out of five, but still four point three out of five is great. Um, so yeah, look, you know, big, 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 um, you know, achievements like for not just us as a podcast, but for the listeners as well because. Uh, you guys have made this happen. So a massive thank you to everybody who's been listening and who's continued to listen. I know it's not great that we haven't been around in the last two weeks, but listen, we're back. Okay. We've had our little um, interlull and, you know, from now on it's December. So, you know, one more month to go before the transfer window opens, just shy of maybe two weeks, just like shy of three weeks, I think, before the World Cup ends. Uh, the 18th, isn't it? The 18th is the finals so there's not that much um longer left before we resume the madness in the premier league and that madness has already kicked off with um a number of players returning to arsenal so the first news was that ben white had to leave the england camp to come home for personal reasons i don't know whether those personal reasons have been have like um, being shed light on <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know if anything's if anything's transpired from that. Um, have you heard anything? 
No, the only thing that's sort of been public is obviously with Arsenal saying that they are up with him. So yeah, from that assumption, it's probably family related. So mm. sort of all best wishes to him, really. Um, and whatever it is, I hope it's all all okay. Yeah, I can only imagine it's 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 one of the probably it's, a a, worst it's got to be serious if you're leaving a World Cup. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. Put it that way. And um, yeah. Um, so that's really unfortunate for not for England for Arsenal as well but for for Ben as well because I'm sure he would have um, wanted to continue you know with 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 the England team um, on a on a on a truly remarkable World Cup campaign because um, you know England have qualified to the next round but there have been so many shocks so many surprises twists and turns and you know we will have a chat about the World Cup as well because the group stages are finally over we're in the knockout rounds now which is when things really get interesting. Um, but the revelations of Gabriel Jesus coming out last night has really taken things for a turn for the worse for Arsenal and Arsenal fans and anyone associated with the club because um, this man has come, you know, has come in, uh, in, in when, did he, when did we sign him? J- July? June, July? Whenever we signed him, came in and it's changed everything. Um, the way that we play football, the pressing from the front, the intensity, the explosivity, just the overall winning mentality as well. And now we're hearing that he could be out for three months. Um, problems for Arsenal. If he's out for three months, he's pretty much out for the next half of the season. Comes back for the last month or so, or two months. But with key games coming up against United and Spurs, what can Arsenal do? I mean, there's multiple options, isn't there? Um, I'm hoping he's out for three months. I've seen a couple of reports. I've seen he's out for three. I'm seeing he's out for one. Uh, but then I've also seen that he's just on it. Or he's, he is on the plane. He's on his way back to our, um, to London now to get his scans so they can assess him. Um Let's hope it's not too long. Uh, but although although it does give us that extra quality, what I think, I don't think it's going to be as bad of an impact as, as people think because the team have had that chance to sort of train with him and, and, and be with him, do you know what I mean? So I feel like some of his sort of work ethic would have rubbed off on some of the other players. Um but to sort of talk about how we can alleviate it, um, I mean, there haven't really been any talks about uh, a sort of a loan move or, or anything like this. Um, and this has been sort of confirmed from a couple of sources that there's sort of no talks about that. Um, there is the option for Balogun. Um, you could bring him back. There is a recall clause um, on his on his loan deal, uh, and it and it is recall from January, so we. Could could uh, pull the trigger on that. Um, we could also move maybe Martinelli up front. Smith Rowe is on his way back, so he can he can sort of uh, facilitate that left wing position. Um, and then you obviously got Eddie. I mean, Eddie's not Eddie's not bad. He's he's learned under Jesus, and if anything, we were able to depend on him the end of last season. So why can't we depend on him now? That would be my, because mm. um, I mean, in the last season, he, he kept us in a top four fight right until the end. 
Yeah. Um, because of his goals. It's true, yeah. Um, and now, and, and if anything, he's got better because he's been able to train with Jesus. He's been able to see that work ethic that's required. And um, maybe it could be a, a breakout for him. Um, we can see. I mean, it's not good that Jesus is injured. I'm not going to be like trying to dumb it down and be like, ah, oh, this is absolutely fine. Like, don't worry about it. But at the same time, I think we have enough quality in our team to sort of alleviate those. I mean, there's people talking about having false nines. I mean, I don't want a false nine because I've got a PTSD from from uh, the Europa League games against um, Villarreal, which was just like, just, 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 let's just not do that. Um, but yeah, there, there, there are options, there are options. What if you had the choice? What what would you prefer? Would you rather us go out and get a short term loan? Would you rather us go get Balogun back on recall, or, or would you just say sort of like assess? Let, let's say, for instance, Jesus's injury what was a long term three month. What 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 would you what would you want to want to happen? Well, let's remind ourselves what's happened since. Um, I mean, since <laughs> since Arsenal kind of since we went away for the World Cup. Um, Arsenal ended up beating Wolves 2-0 at the Molyneux. Um, we then went five points clear at the top. So the situation is, as it stands, that Arsenal are in a title race and they're leading that title race. Now, I don't know whether we find ourselves in a similar situation in the next few seasons because this season ha- is, is a unique one with the World Cup being played at, the t- at a time when it is. Um, as as well as you know, other clubs going through a transition period, um, turmoil at other clubs as well. With you know, like Chelsea's ownership and United as well at the minute. Um, Spurs, you know, being Spursy as 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 always, but very much kind of trusting in Conte and you know Levy's quote unquote project. Um, and then you got City, who are you know very much at the end of their cycle. Liverpool ended their cycle last season, ended up selling uh, Mane, failed to replace him, and um, in doing so, completely neglected their back line, their ageing back line. And so I don't know whether Arsenal find themselves in a situation like this, in a unique situation where they are at peak performance with players at real high levels of performances. Um, The momentum is with them. So surely the club now have to act, look at the situation and be like, we have to go all in now. Because Jesus being injured is going to disrupt what happens in the final third. We're already struggling to score goals, but with Jesus in that in that final third, in that kind of uh, that 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 the role that he plays in, at least he's able to bring in the wide men. At least he can he can add to uh, the goals coming from Saka Martinelli, um, you know, and Odegaard as we saw against Wolves. But without that playmaker that false nine which I mean Jesus pretty much is a false nine if you think about the role that he plays without him there everything becomes very static everything becomes very stale um so uh, you can you can make the argument so as long as part a and and Shaka are playing together the um the football flows well up until that point where we need to you know release the trigger can Eddie do it is Eddie good enough to release the trigger well we saw him uh, a few times this season um, he looks very energetic. He looks bright. I still think his most favoured position is going down the flanks because his explosivity um, and just, uh, you know, the awareness, the presence that he brings. I think as a number nine, um, the finishing isn't quite there. The accuracy. 
Um, I still think there is question marks about his ability to hold up play and to use his presence. Uh, I think if if he gets like ganged up on, if 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 two if two opposition players targeted him, he'd be you know isolated out of the game. I do like I do really like Eddie. I just don't know whether Eddie is quite there if he's ready to prosper under that pressure because there's going to be a lot of pressure on him he's going to know it that everyone's eyes are going to be on him to get those goals or to you know put in a spectacular performance performance and time and time again we've 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 seen this from Kezia um where you know <laughs> we've we've expected to for him to turn up and he just hasn't um, which is and it's, it's unfair to have those expectations on Ketia because he's not he's not in the top you know 10% of strikers in the world um, he's he's very very good but he's not incredible he's not elite in that on that level and that's because I don't think he's been given a chance to develop to become elite so what I would do uh, long answer short what I would do if I was the club is I would look for a serious replacement not a replacement necessarily but a serious um, you know, a, a, a serious um substitute for now. Maybe a short-term loan. Maybe <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to um say what I'm thinking because um people will go crazy as they have done on Twitter, which when, when I've suggested it. But maybe Arsenal go all in and bring a certain somebody from a certain Manchester club who doesn't play there anymore and. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. Oh. I, know look, 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 I, I need to break this down and I need to explain myself because I know those are very, very big kind of um, wishes and ones that most fans won't dare to entertain. Now, the reason why I entertain this is there's a lot to do. A lot of it is to do with the psychology of the way that I'm seeing things. He's just ended a very, very bad second spell at his at the club that made him right everything fell apart between him with a majority of fans as well maybe not majority but a large group of fans have now or now see Ronaldo as someone that they wouldn't have seen um before he came to the club right the the the, the executives don't like him the players have you know a, a strained relationship you could use that word a strained relationship with him so that experience at United is going to be a sobering one and it's going to be a humbling one for Ronaldo. And if it doesn't, then, you know, I'm completely wrong. But I I, I assume that somebody that goes through something like that will now see things a little bit differently. So the next club that he plays for, he'll understand that he can't have all his way around. Like he can't have everything his way. He's at a certain age. He doesn't have the abilities that he used to have. He has to accept that he will need to play second fiddle. He will need to be he will need to play the role that he was playing at United, but without the added drama. I, I do I do genuinely believe that it will be planted in his brain, that he will have to accept that this is who he is now, you know, d- despite how ambitious he is and how many trophies he wants to win. If he does want to win those trophies and if he does want to add records to his statistics, with which, you know, by what, I, by what we watched, um, you know, with the Piers Morgan interview, um, is that his name? Piers Morgan. He is, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, with the Piers Morgan interview, um, we can assume that, you know, he's he's still very ambitious. He still wants to break records. He wants to retire with numbers, right? With stats. And if you want that, then you're going to need to help clubs win trophies. What's the best and most promising club right now who are looking like they've, they've turned a corner and they're, and they're, you know, really pushing for 
titles and, and trophies this season. Manchester City and Arsenal. Is Pep Guardiola going to take Ronaldo at a club with already a number of egos? Probably not. And Eric Haaland. And, 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 and Erlen Haaland. What's the other option that you're left with if you want to stay in the Premier League? Well, Arsenal's right there. Mikel Arteta has a very strong bunch of young men who are hungry to learn from elite individuals like Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, maybe you could you could you could make the comparison that hold on, United were kind of that kind of in that same boat with young, hungry players who wanted to learn from an elite player. Well, the difference between United and Arsenal is that United didn't have the project that Arsenal have, and they didn't have young, hungry players who are willing to learn. They had young, naive players who are still quite naive and who are still not really willing to, um, you know, commit to the project. Arsenal, on the other hand, have have these young players who are willing to commit to the project because we're going to see a number of them sign long-term contracts. And number two, who are willing to learn from elite individuals like Cristiano Ronaldo because we've seen it now with Gabriel Jesus. Those are the case studies. Those are the evidences and proofs. I didn't make anything up. So can Ronaldo do something at Arsenal, will it be? Can it be a success story? It absolutely can. If number one, he accepts his role as the second fiddle, as someone who just needs to come off the bench and score a few goals, and number two, he's going to score goals no matter no no matter where he goes. So, would I love to see a combination of Enketia and Ronaldo? Absolutely. With Enketia starting most games, Ronaldo coming on in the 60th minute with 30 minutes to go, scoring a goal or two. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want revenge on what happened with Robin Van Persie? Because I would. I would absolutely. Oh, no, we would. But would Ronaldo want to come on as a bench player? Mm. So that's. We've seen him this season already arguing, but to be fair, that's because of the 90th minute. But. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the big question for me. And look, me being like a really, I guess, uh, optimistic person, I do think someone who's experienced what he's experienced at United will you know, he'll have a change of heart and he will start to understand what is happening in his life. Um, now, he could do the complete opposite, the complete U-turn and just go to Saudi and play for 200 mil. Um, that could also happen. But like I said, one can dream, right? And I do dream a day where Ronaldo signs for Arsenal and helps them win the league. That would be incredible. Most fans don't want that. Most fans see that as, you know, a bit of taste. Um, but me... I think it would be poetic justice <laughs> for all the years that Arsenal have suffered um, from you know losing their key players to Barcelona, to Manchester City, to now bring in, in one of the best players that's ever played the game and to win their first league title in you know 18 odd, odd, odd years. Um, that's what I would want, but obviously that's very, very far-fetched. I think the most realistic expectation on the club is for them right now, and we're hearing this already, we're hearing whispers right now that the club are planning. They're planning to make two signings, a wide forward and a central midfielder. Arteta supposedly has 50 mil in the bank, 50 plus mil in the bank, which is very encouraging to hear. So I do expect them to bring in a wide forward and to potentially shift uh, Martinelli into that number nine role, which I would love, 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 love to see. Um, what about you? Do you see um, potentially Martinelli taking that position? Um, I mean, I can, I can definitely see him stepping there. I think, I think we sort of, Covered, so it might have been in a space a, a while ago. I think sort of Mikel Arteta long term probably wants Martinelli as a nine. Yeah. But you have to sort of hone your craft on the wing first, you know what I mean? 
because mm. uh, on the wing is where you learn to like get round people, pass around the corner, um, be able to to touch those like di- diagonal balls and bring them down. Um, and then sort of at number nine, you have to sort of like hone that craft, but you have to do it in such close proximity because you've got two centre backs bearing down your chest. Um, so yeah, I could I could I could definitely see him. Uh, I think Martin Lilly has a skill to do it, and we saw even. Um, even though they end up losing as Cameroon, like how bright he looks, even for Brazil, like he was their standout man by far. I think he generated the most amount of opportunities. He yeah, three, he got like four shots yeah. on target. I think it was he created like two. I'm sorry, he was it was he was mad. He was he was crazy. Um, and I, and I think yeah, he, he's definitely he is a future star. There's, there's there's no denying that. Um, I could definitely see him going at nine, but whether. It's it's all about squad harmony. That's that's the main thing I don't want to disrupt because mm. what you don't want is to see sort of like okay, so Jesus is out, right? So Eden and K is going to be like right. Well, this is my chance. This 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 is this is my chance, right? And then there's going to be another striker, maybe one of the youth academy ones, um, like Kaylin Edwards or. or I, d- I do um, like the idea of Balogun coming back. Yeah, or Balogun. Do you know what I mean? They're going to be going right. Well, if. Jesus is out. I might have a chance here because when we start doing all the cup games again, Eddie Kay can't go week in, week out, week in, week out. He can't. He can't do every three days. So one of these youth academy players is going to get a chance, right? Mm. What you don't want to happen though is for this to stunt that growth by going. Now we're just going to cover it with this, and then do you know what I mean? Because that's that's the reason why sort of our youth academy is as good as it is because there is a realistic chance to play for the first team. Um, so it's all about squad harmony at the end of the day. I think Michalatez is, is more than sort of qualified to be able to alleviate them and he'll have a look at the squad and obviously they're all off to Dubai at the moment to have their sort of mid-season tournament. I believe it's... Um, weren't they when they had Dubai earlier they were weren't they I think a few weeks back they went for training right yeah they're on training but now they're doing that tournament aren't they I think yeah. who have we got AC Milan so we've got Leon, Milan Juventus and um, Milan Juventus and someone else let me find no, out isn't, isn't the Juventus game um, Leon the Juventus yeah, game's at Emirates yeah yeah because so that's not part of it that's no it's not, it's not yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's just Milan and Leon yeah because Liverpool are in that tournament but we're not playing Liverpool Okay. Oh, so it's an actual tournament. I didn't know this actually. So I, yeah, I'm yeah, just it's... looking at Dubai Super Cup. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's like one of those like pre-season ones, you know. Dubai yeah. just went right. Well, we'll give you like a couple of million. Come over here, advertise a game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's good to keep um, the players like fit because I mean I know um, the behind closed doors game against Watford. People just looked at the scoreline. But when yes. you actually like the match report, like the first team were dominating the whole team. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we did 10 replacements into a youth team in the second. And Watford barely changed. They, I say barely, they made about five changes. So there's quite a few changes. Um, but then they dominated the second half just, yeah. just physically. So, um, yeah, it's good to keep them keep them fit um, because at the end of the day, we've got to keep their momentum. That's the main thing is momentum. And um, our first game back is West Ham, right? Yeah, it's a big game. It's a big game. And then, and then we've got what? Newcastle and then we've got Brighton. No, no, no. So it's West Ham. Oh, yeah. And you've got yeah. four days after that, um, it's Brighton away. So we've already played them at the Emirates and they we know we know how, how that went down. Um and then after that, three days after that, not even three, like two days after that, Newcastle. is Newcastle. Um, 
And then we got Oxford. We're traveling to Oxford like four days after that. Um, and then another four days after that is Spurs. So the first half of Jan, we've got one, two, three. If you want to put Brighton in there as well, because they play on the 31st, you could put Brighton in. There's four games in the space of 15 days, um, two weeks. So squad depth is going to be as important as it is to have good squad harmony and um, like quality as well, right? But how, how, how soon do you see Arsenal making those signings? If it is to be believed that we're going to make two plus signings, how soon do you think they get those deals wrapped up? Could sit down within the first week, to be honest, of January. If not, I think there'll be some talks going on now. Like there'll be talks going on now to be able to, to get the deal actually confirmed before it, so they can trigger it on the first. Right, because um, because the main target is 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 Midrick, right? Yeah, that seems to be the main talks, and uh, Danilo from uh, Brazil. Okay, but we know what happens with um, we know what can happen with um, like the main. Um, favourites that for Arsenal to sign. We've seen a couple of those already move elsewhere, most notably yeah. Isak and Vlahovic, who um, play for clubs that we're going to be playing soon. So, um, yeah. In recent years, if you look at Gabriel Jesus, yeah, true. We closed him early, so and Zinchenko. This, I think they learn a lot from their lessons, um, and and like you, you've seen, do you remember on that all or nothing documentary when they had like the full team of eleven out, they had like four players in each position. They know exactly who they want, when they want it, and how they're going to do it. Mm. Just got to trust the board. I mean, I'd love to be, in, I'd love to be a fly on the wall and listen to conversations, but. Um, just got, to, just got to trust them. Um, I think, I think they've got a plan, uh, and 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 we just got to see the results of that scan, and we probably won't get that for for at least three days, three yeah. four days. Um, so we just have to sort of sit tight, hope England win, and uh, just keep keep watching the World Cup. I mean, in today, everything's just moving so quick, uh, but the transfer news is obviously it's always you get loads of speculation during the World Cup, loads. But it's only yeah. when it actually finishes um, that you get concrete talks. And now we're coming up to January. It tends to be that that from the seventeenth to the sort of halfway through December to January, you start getting real talks of interest from clubs. And then that first week is always just manic. You forget it's always the first week and the last week is when you get all, all the moves in January because you get people like having to make a reaction to an injury halfway through the month or. You get people who've been planning for it for ages and they close pretty much straight away. So just wait and see, really. Yeah. So it's not the same as the old Dusan uh, Floyvich uh, chase, right? Where we're just left there, just sort of thumbs out, thinking, are we going to get him? Are we not for a whole month? That would be good if we could uh, just close, close the deal early. Because if we get Madrid in, Right, that will that will completely free up Martinelli. Yeah, yeah, Cause, yeah. Because he can he can play in so Midra can play in across the three, but he is a far better winger. Like far I've seen the best. Yeah, he loves hugging the, the touchline, doesn't he? He loves yeah, to loves just it. run down the byline and um loves it. You know, he like, he like literally like hops a ball over people, just runs outside yeah, exactly, yeah, the, yeah. and just runs in. So if we could do that, get him in. Then that frees up Martinelli in the middle to support Edinke. Edinke will sort of be the main striker. Um, 
but again, saying this, the Gabriel Jesus' injury could only be a month, and he could only be, he could be back in January. So let's hope, huh? Yeah, hope. I mean, but this is the thing: like the Brazil medical staff will know a thing or two about injuries, right? So it's not like they've just plucked that number from, you know, um, from their heads. I'm sure they did their own individual tests and and came up with a, an estimation. Um, it could be more than three months as well. Who knows? You know. Yeah, because it was only it's only it was only one report that I could see that said three months, and that was yeah. the uh, build, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the German outlet. Mm. And then I've seen ones that are closer to to Brazil um, that I said like a month. Um, right. Okay. Interesting. But like I said, we won't get any confirmation until until Arsenal have the scans, really. Yeah. Um, but then again, you got you got to think we're getting some players back as well. Like Emil Smith Rowe, I can't wait for him to come back because I yeah. think he's going to have a huge part to play in the second half of the season. I'm just going to um, mention him actually because obviously you're, we're, 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 we're talking about Mudrick, but we have someone coming back from injury very very soon. He's he's going to be flying to Dubai uh, with the squad. He's he's back in full training at the minute. So um, does he then you know slip into that left hand side, allowing Martinelli to to sort of cut in? Oh, definitely, but, but he's going to need, like, we, we need to have sort of replacements, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, Marquinhos isn't quite there yet. Um, I still give him some cup games, like, put him up against Oxford and give him those opportunities. Um, I, I, I do think there's a good player in there, he's just not ready for it yet. Hmm. Um, but Emerson Throw will need to sub out, he can't, he can't just come back from injury and play week in, week out. Uh, so he'll need to swap in for a player like Madrid, you know, just sort of every other week take take a little breather so you can swap each three days and so they can so they just stay fresh. Um, and then you've got Reese Nelson, who's who seems to be coming into yeah. his own, yeah. which is really really good. It's, it's actually nice to see for him because it's been a sort of a long time coming, really. I think for the fans and and for himself, um, so that he he's got that sort of right side. He's that cover for Saka. Uh, which is what we severely lacked last yes. season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's going to be huge, uh, going to have a huge role. Um, but I must prefer, I think he definitely comes straight back in. Um, he maybe has like one or two training sessions, see how he, because he, he's not going to lose any of the skill. No. Let, let, let's just put it that way. Like, you don't lose it. Like, you, you've still got pro players who still have the touch. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't yeah. lose. You just don't lose it. Yeah, te- technically um, he will be great. Like we know, technically yeah, how gifted it's, it's, he is. But it's, it's just really still pace. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's the explosivity, isn't it? It's that. It's, yeah. it's 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 the how far he can get that ball away from him and then catch up with it. Um, but yeah. you know, I'd say though, yeah. to be fair, that our um, our physio team have been pretty good with injuries. Although like we've had sort of uh, some players go in and out of injuries. They've always been able to come back and do quite well. The only one I can think of who's had like an injury in recent sort of years, like a serious one, and not quite tick the same was uh, Hector Bellerin. Yeah. But I also look at Hector Bellerin. I look at and I don't necessarily just think it was injury. I think mentally he sort of tapped out a little bit. Mm. I think like it, he sort of realised that oh, if he pushes himself so hard, he, he could do this again because he was just a, he was a monster when he, when he came onto the scene. Yeah, and then he was he was just completely different when he came out of it. So yeah, I think it's interesting to watch. But we definitely need another left winger or someone who can who can who can go there because if it is a case of Jesus is out, 
Martinelli's kind of ha- he's he's the most natural fit, I think, out of what we have at the moment to go to that nine. Um, out of what else? What else? Because who who else? Would you, who else do you think could could come in really? Like, because I've only seen Mitchell down on the wing. I have seen him play one game at nine, but he I just he just looked he just you it'd be a waste. Mm. It'd be a waste to have him at nine. You, you want him on the yeah. wings to spread those defenses. The way the way that Arteta likes to set up the guys at the front is that they're always inter- interchanging within the game. So one minute you will see Martinelli on the left hand yeah. side, then you'll then you'll see him on the right hand side. Sometimes you'll cut cut in through the middle. So I think whoever comes in, they need to be transparent enough to be able to play all three roles. Because that's one of the biggest USPs that we've got at Arsenal at the minute that other clubs don't seem to have. They don't have that the front three or the front two or whoever it is, you know, other clubs don't have the ability to um, start start a, a you know a group of players who just know where to be at each time. They just don't they don't have that cohesion. We do, and that cohesion is going to be damaged now that Jesus isn't there. So whoever comes in, and I think you know I briefly did see it a little bit with um, Nelson. You know, um, he he does have that ability, that intelligence because he's been in and around you know the training ground so he knows what Arteta wants um maybe you completely change things up and you just you get Saka to play on the left hand side Nelson on the right hand side and Martinelli down the middle because we know that Saka can play down the left hand side and Martinelli can play down the middle and Reese Nelson's most favoured position is out on the right hand side and we know what he can do when he's out on the right hand side as well um I guess I guess what 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 we can kind of use as comfort is the fact that there are options available and not only just options like we have very good youngsters who are showing that they want it and they 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 you know they want to challenge and they want to push to start games um, and that's all you could ask for you know like we could be in a far worse situation where we you know parties suffered a long-term injury or shakas suffered a long-term injury and we're having to rely on you know Mohamed Elneny and um um Sambi Lukonga which you know two very decent players but that's a far bigger problem to have in my opinion than to not have Jesus because our football runs our football is is played it's dictated on in the in central midfield area um without Shaka's intensity and without Partey's discipline you know we leave massive leaking holes in the middle of the pitch which then end up getting punished so you know, maybe we suffer a little bit of a goal drought, but then we at least still maintain a discipline um, in, you know, not conceding as many goals, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't need to score four or five goals a game. Well, I mean, the old uh, famous 1-0 to the Arsenal. Yeah. You just need to score a goal. And, and as long as, like you said, as long as you don't concede, you're always in the game. Mm. You're always in the game. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So look, uh, let's take a little U-turn away from Arsenal and uh, put our attentions to the World Cup. Um, we haven't really spoken about it. In fact, you know, last podcast episode was before it, just before it was about to start. Um, but what, what did you make of the group stages? Whew. I mean, interesting. They were interesting, weren't they? Um, there were so many sorts of surprises. I mean. First Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. What wow. the hell? Yeah, that was just just incredible. Incredible, um, right? Just, yeah, just, that just sort of shows you just how amazing the World Cup is, um, and sort of the what it can bring out in players. Because I mean, you look at a team like Australia as well to come out of the group. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's insane. Um, 
And I would, you know, I wasn't actually surprised about Japan. Um, and I said, Evil was I. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, one of my colleagues, he's, he's Italian. So, you know, typical Italians. Uh, love, love their football. And just, he was uh, just constantly banging on um, about the Euros. It's just typical banner. Um, <laughs> but he, he, he was like, um, he, 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 he was sitting on uh, Japan. And I said, honestly, now Japan don't have any like world class players. But they're a unit. They're a solid unit. They're like a Brighton. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're just solid, and they they work well together. They know each other. They're quite young as well. There are some there are some experienced players in there, um, mm. but collectively as a whole, and I I wouldn't be surprised in the next eight years you start to see a lot more Japanese players in the Premier League um, because they've been doing it a lot recently. They've been investing massively. Now we've got players like Matoma at Brighton, we've got Tommy Yasu as well. And yeah. They've been investing a lot in their youth. Um, which which is good. It's good to see because you wanna have you wanna have a lot of especially from Asia, because for years Asia just hasn't been well um represented at the World Cup. And now I think I believe it's the first time three Asian teams have got to the round of sixteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think it's the first time that's ever happened. Um but no, there were there were lots of surprises. Um, but it also showed you sort of um, big players come out on the biggest days. Look at Messi. He sort of out of nowhere kept Argentina in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, and he'd done so again yesterday. Um, and then you've got sort of Germany, the absolute powerhouse. Hmm. Couldn't, couldn't finish their dinner. Um, and they left it left too late. And then because Japan ended up being Spain, they got knocked out. It got to one point where Spain were going to get knocked out if Costa Rica beat Germany. It was, it was, a, it was a wild, it was a wild 90 minutes. Yeah. England looks solid. Um, I think the people will talk about the US game a lot. I think the US game, and it's so annoying that we've never beaten a matter major. It's really annoying. But I think we, 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 we go into that game and we sort of like think about just sort of, it was very stale, what, wasn't it? It was a very stale so kind stale. of... It's, it's basically like a relationship where like no one wants to lose. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to lose. So no one really tries to win. Do you know what I mean? Because they don't want to get countered. Um, but then we saw against sort of... Um, well, definitely against uh, Iran, we just sort of just came forward with absolute... Yeah. And Iran, another side as well, who, I mean, like Saudi Arabia, just... Get, uh, they lost that game... Uh, what was it? Six two, and then all of a sudden it was like they came alive. Um, I know they ended up losing one 0 to the US. Should have won that game, to be honest. But the game yeah. that they played against um, Wales, Wales, like wow, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A good, good team, yeah, good team. Um, I don't think France are as solid as people make them. Yes, either. yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that. Then yeah, I mean, okay. As an England fan, I'll say as an English fan, um, the only teams that I would be worried about going forward are Brazil and Spain. Mm. Uh, Spain, mm. Spain. I, I, I have reservations thing, about Spain. The thing about Spain is the only reason I say it. Now, Spain, they're not they're not the fastest, and they're not ever, but they are so technical. They're one of the most technically astute teams in the World Cup, if not the most technically astute. Like the, yeah. the passing channels, the patterns that they have going and the speed at which they pass them, it could have serious effects for for, for us um, and be able to beat our press. Um, 
So that's why I'm worried about that. In terms okay. of their defending, I think I think we could definitely exploit them. Mm. Um, but we've got to be careful. Brazil, 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 Brazil. Bloody Brazil. Um, they always come out. Well, Brazil are like the city of the World Cup, aren't they? They've just got so much depth. It's, it's unbelievable. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And and, and, and and I don't know how they do it. They just, it's the magic of the World Cup. They just, yeah. they can be down and out. And then all of a sudden, bang, screamer, top right-hand corner, a Bosch, have that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're, they're winning their game. And you're like, what the hell did that come from? Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I feel like with Brazil, you have to like take their scalp early. Like you need to, like, do you remember when uh, Germany beat them 7-2? Yeah, yeah. Was it 7-2 or was it 7-1? 7-1, uh, I think it was, wasn't it? Germany what versus was it Brazil, 7-1. 7-1, yeah, I thought it was David Luiz's free kick. Yeah. Um, Germany came out and just hammered them early. And you, you've got to do that. And every time that they, they concede early, they, they, they tend to sort of lose the game. Um, if, if it goes nil, 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 that's when they start just peppering shots. You know what I mean? Because they get desperate and they just pepper shots. And they, they're they not they're not bad players. If you mm. give if you give even a Charleston when he plays for Brazil, he's a different animal. Oh, mate, that goal that he scored. So envious. Oh, just ridiculous. You <laughs> would never do it for Spurs. You'd never do it for never, Spurs. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's Brazilians for Brazil. They're just they're just different animals. Yeah. Um, so we have to score against them. So they're the two I'm worried about. I think a dark horse is definitely Japan. I think Japan beat Croatia, personally. I think they win that game. Um, really? Yeah, I, I do. I think it goes to extra time, and I think they win it. Um, I just, I just don't think Croatia. Croatia just—they're not there anymore. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're an aging squad. Aging squad, yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, do you know any young Croatian <coughs> players that are coming through? Um, I, I can't name head, one. I can't know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can't name one, and that's that's shocking because Croatia have always had talent. Do you know what I mean? Or at least a talent has come through. So, so look, um, Luka Modric, Perisic. Um, Vida, those are the three main ones. Kramerich as well, another one who's now 31. Vida is now 33. Perisic yeah. is, I think, hitting 34. He's 33. Yeah. Modric is 37. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lovren as well. Kovacic. Yeah. You know, incredibly aging. Like Vlasic. This is what I, I mean. Vlasic right? is, is tw- he's 25. But um, yeah, but he's not. He's not. It's yeah. an agent. It's an agent squad. So I think, yeah, that that they're in for a massive rebuild. Um, I don't know who who who's sort of one of your biggest. Um, what, what should I say? Biggest surprises of, of the group stage. My what, biggest what, surprise what? of the group stage was the obvious one was Saudi Arabia and result against Argentina. And actually, after that, I watched them play the next their their next two games. They lost two 0 to Poland, but they dominated that game, and they yeah, should have got did. something out of that. And then I also watched them play. No, I didn't watch them play against Mexico, but I heard again it was another game where they played really, really well. So they've been the biggest surprise for me because of how well they've played. It's going to sound really stupid, but this is just my observation. When I watched them play, the two games that I watched them play, they reminded me highly of Mikel Arteta's Arsenal in the sense that they were just always intense, always yeah. like on the front foot, um, you know, closing down the moment that the opposition got the ball. And there was one of their players, I forgot the um, the number the number nine, 31-year-old um, plays for Al Hilal. Uh, if I find out his name, I'm, yeah, it, it's um, Al 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 Dalsari, 
the number 10. Yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about. I don't, yeah. I don't know his name. Yeah, just, he just looks so good on the ball, just so silky. Rapid like, as well. Yeah, rapid. proper rapid, yeah. Um, yeah, pace. Yeah, it, 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 was, it, was a, it was a real joy to watch them play because obviously biggest surprises. But other than them, obviously Japan, the big one. Um, I spoke don't forget to you. Belgium getting knocked out. Yeah, yeah. But big that one. was mental. It was, like, I it th- was. I thought, I thought Canada would have done a bit better. I thought Canada would at least have won a game. Mm. Um. It's that, um, that was quite a, yeah, it's a young squad. They're, yeah. they're, they're getting there. Um, well, the thing about Belgium is this is it. Now, the golden generation is gone now. De Bruyne yeah, won't be there in the next World Cup. Hazard won't be there the next World Cup. Lukaku is approaching 15. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, and then who you left with? Fatongan. Fatongan's gone. Yeah. Out of Firewood. You know, Whistle, he's going to be gone as well. Yeah, how old is Courtois? Courtois is like 33. He's 30. So he might still be there because obviously goalkeeper's aged. He must, yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, Tielemans might still be there, but then they're left with players like... Um, yeah. Tris- yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's done, basically. This, this was yeah, their opportunity. Man. This was their time. I don't, I don't know why they didn't take Benteke to the World Cup, bro. They brought on Lukaku, yeah, and he had four sitters. I know. missed every single one. I couldn't believe it. I was watching the game, and I was yeah. like, you are actually shit. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wow. I was like, how on earth did you get a tri- like a £200,000 salary? Like, yeah. I, I just, like, my man is just... I just I can't believe it. Honestly, Lukaku's career is fascinating. It's fascinating. It is right. But I mean, it's, yeah. It just just I just I just don't get it. Honestly, I don't get that player. Ben Teke would have scored them. Let's just put yeah. it away. One 100%. of the one of the other surprises, though, as as we near the end of this competition, I think one of the surprises that we'll see one of the teams that will progress very deep into the competition is Holland. Um, and you think that'll be Argentina. Do you know what? It's it's, it's going to come down to the wire. I, I think I think un, unless Messi turns up, Argentina will falter. I don't see an Argentina side that is going to walk through. Um, you know the 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 setup that that um, Van Gaal has 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 put in place at um, Holland with you know Van Dijk, Ake, Timber at the back. You've also got Frankie De Jong. You've got Deli Blind as well. Dumfries, um, and then up front Gakpo and Depay. Gakpo, who's been on fire. And then on the bench as well, they've got a very strong bench. They've got Matches Delete, uh, Steven Bergwijn, of course we know him from Spurs, um, Coop Miners, Javi Simmons as well. Who yeah, we Javi Simmons, yeah, he's a good player. All too, he all too much about. A, he had a bit of a... Well, we saw Javi Simmons. He, he played against us. He plays for PSV, didn't Right, we? exactly, yeah. So And he, yeah. he did, you know, he dominated the two games that we played against them. Terrell Mal- uh, Malaysia as well. So they've got a very good squad, but it's like they've got a well-oiled squad. It's like, yeah. you don't look at Holland, you don't say, oh, you know, Van Dijk or Depay. It's like, yeah, they're very good players, but as a unit, they're just very well systemized. Um, you know, I'd love to see. Yeah. Um, because obviously you've got Argentina and Netherlands. That's a confirmed quarterfinal. Yeah. And obviously tomorrow we've got Japan, Croatia, Brazil, South Korea. I know it's not going to happen, but I'd love to see Japan, Japan and, and South, South Korea. Korea. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'll be, I'll, I would love to see that. I would love to see that game. Listen, um, never say like you never know because this World yeah, Cup has thrown know. so many curveballs. You just never know. If All Brazil the, yeah. go out against South Korea. Mate, you know, I wouldn't write off Poland beating oh, France re- either, you know? Nah, because... nah, 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 that's actually one thing. Like, Pol- I, <clears throat> I think that Poland is 
they have they've not got a bad squad but they're all big slow yeah that's true. Like, they they physically cannot get the ball to Lewandowski like the guy is so isolated like I should do, we should do like a meme where where it's just like hello darkness smile because he's on his own <laughs> all the time honestly yeah. like he's just like sitting there in a gap and he's just calling for the ball and they, the midfield physically cannot get the ball to him quick enough yeah um so I think they're going to get dominated by France I think England are more well equipped to beat France, um, but I mean, I mean, I think our midfield beat is better than theirs. Personally, I think that we win that battle. Yeah. We're talking about the England France game already, but England still do need to. Yeah, get we got. That's what I mean. We got. That's right. I mean. well, it's all hypothetical. Yeah. So, and I ha- but how do you see that game faring? England Senegal. Senegal are no easy, you know, game. Like they've got. No, they're not. They've got uh, obviously Mendy's well, gone back to, to London. Um, they've got Kula Bali. They've got Idris Idris Agay. Ismail Ismail uh, Ismail Assar, sorry, Diallo. Um, who else have they got? Dia Dia up front. He scored a few goals for them already. Um, Cheka Kuyate, who we know about. So you know, um, didn't did, uh, Kulabale get spun by Saka a few a few weeks ago? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. So do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not yeah. too worried about that. Um, yeah. I think Senegal. No, they're a unit. They're, they're a good. They're a good team. And they've got a lot of um, hunger uh, in the way that they play. So. I don't think this is going to be a walkover like 4-0. Um, I think it could be a case of um, we might get two early goals or sort of like two goals, but then we get complacent and Senegal get a goal back and it's like a nervy finish. I, I could see a 2-1. Um, I would like to see a 3-0 or 4-0, sure. Um, I just don't think the, the cookie crumbles like that. But I also think as well, I think as a team, like if you have a lot more close games, mm mentally it prepares you better for more closer games do you know what i mean yeah because you've had that you know what it's like to go through the go through it all um and then okay so yeah how about how about we do, about we do predictions for the games cool let's do it yeah so we're going to start with japan croatia you do yours all right so japan versus croatia i believe that japan will edge this one nil yeah i, I think japan croatia go to extra time one one and Japan uh, take it two one. I'll go one step further. I will name the goal scorer. Oh uh, god! <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, oh, it's a tough one because they've got so many good players. But I do. But I mean, I, I think back to the game where the manager made three changes and then they came on and changed it. I think. I think um, Kubo comes on and scores. Mm-hmm. Um, really young, twenty-one year old. Um, Real Madrid said, up and yeah. coming. So Osano, sorry. yeah, Osano's. Yeah, how can I think about Osano as well? Um, former Arsenal player. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. He's he's shining. He's shining this year. So no, but I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna say Kubo. Kubo scores the goal. Comes on second half, and <laughs> they edge their way past Croatia. Um, the Brazil South Korea game. Brazil. Uh, I'm okay. My brain is saying Brazil. Um, I think they they go through this two nil. I don't think South Korea get a goal. I would love to see South Korea go through, but I think I think Brazil take this two nil. Yeah, I do. No, I I I see us seeing the full like um, breadth of Brazil. Like I I see them just wiping the floor with. 
um, South Korea, which is, you know, it's sad to say because I, I do want to see South Korea as well. I do want to see a massive upset. But um, they know it's the knockout round. They know that they cannot have a, a repetition of what happened against Germany. So they will go all guns blazing and they'll probably come out of this like 4-0. 4-1, something like that. I just see something stupid, like a stupid scoreline in that game. Um, Morocco, Spain. That is a very big, because that is kind of like a derby, isn't it? The two it the two countries very close to one another. and um, Just across the uh, Mediterranean Strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Morocco. <sighs> we didn't even talk about Morocco. Big, big Morocco, yeah, Morocco. Yeah, they were massive. Probably. And they, they, they're solid. They are solid. I mean, Ziyech scored three free kicks in one game and one of them got called off. I was yep. like, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know, I think Spain win it just because of their technical prowess. But if Morocco can disrupt the channels, Morocco could take this and it'd be a 1-0. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a 1-0 Spain. I don't think Spain are going to slap them because I think Morocco are... If they go 1-0 down, Morocco are going to throw the kitchen sink it and they're going yeah. to go for a 1-1, try go penalties. Um, but if Morocco score first, I can see them absolutely shutting up shop and Spain having no no luck. Um, but but ultimately, I'm going to go Spain. I'm going to go Spain 1-0. Okay. I'll go for a 2-1 to Spain as well. Uh, yeah, basically, the same as what he said. I mean, when it comes down to it, knockout rounds, you're going to have to be very, very... It's going to have to be very like um, calculated as to how you execute the game plan. And Spain have the experience of just, you know, uh, walking through, you know, these kind of rounds. So, yeah, it'll be a big, big, it'll be a big occasion for Morocco. But ultimately, I don't think they'll be able to handle the the, the night. Uh, finally, Portugal, Switzerland, two European um, heavyweights, kind of. Switzerland are very good. They're very oiled, oiled yeah. machine. Very well oiled as well. Um, with, you know, Shaka there, Mbolo, who's been having an incredible, um, you know, World Cup campaign. Akanji there, Ruben Vargas, Dennis Sakaria, um, Shakiri and Jaka. Shakiri and Jaka as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I'm gonna. I think Portugal have a better squad. Um, but th- I think they've been quite underwhelming this one. They have been very underwhelming. Yeah. They've been very underwhelming. And um, see, they were my dark horse prediction before the season, uh, before the World Cup. I've been to Portugal to be my dark horse because they do have a really good squad. When you look at a paper, you're like, rah. I don't understand like, why they I, don't I, start I bet... Leal. Uh, if they were to yeah, start him, then they would actually you know, be able to unleash everything well, the I, pace I bet you if you've got, if you got the Portugal squad and went on FIFA that there'd be a guaranteed five star I yeah. mean I don't, I don't really play FIFA so I can <laughs> tell you but yeah. I, bet, I bet you they would be because I, it's ridiculous they've got sort of, well, even in midfield they've got Neves Martinho they've got Silva who can go in there as well mm. and up front you've obviously got Ronaldo Leal um, and then you've got well, yeah, fullbacks. You've got Cancelo, Cancelo you've got yeah. Tellers, who's um, uh, not Tellers, uh, Neves, and then you've got um, oh, who's that one? Nelson Semedo, and then who's their centre backs actually? They've still got Pepe, but Pepe, I yeah, know, he's, yeah, but he he's not starting now, is he? There's another player that's come in. Uh, is is it Ruben Dias? Ruben Dias, yes, I see it, of course, and um, Mendes, Nuno Mendes. Mendes, 
Thank you. Yeah, so they got a good squad. I don't know. Um, I'm really stuck. Do you know what? I think I think this game goes to, pe- to penalties, and I can't mm. decide who wins it because it's a fifty-fifty man. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think Switzerland's are solid, and they can they can sort of in they can disrupt Portugal. Do you know what I mean? It can stop them trying to play their like sort of free-flowing football. So they they beat Serbia three-two. Good game. Very good game. Into oh, Great game. Um, and then they lost to Brazil one nil, um, but then they beat Cameroon one nil in the in the opener. So they've had a fairly good um, campaign so far. Obviously, the game that they lost to Brazil, Casemiro ended up scoring in the eighty third minute. Yeah, and it was um, an absolute screamer as well. Yeah, yeah, it was an absolute yeah. screamer. You're just like, oh, fuck. I literally when it, when it went in, I was like, oh, because <laughs> well, yeah. like any, any opportunity to get any of the big boys out of the World Cup is always yeah. a good opportunity. So yeah, yeah no, it was um, it was great. Oh, I'm gonna go penalties, and I I actually can't decide. I hope I'd love to see um Switzerland go through um just for Granit Xhaka. Yeah. Um, and see Ronaldo's tears. Yeah, that's a joint <laughs> The extra motivation needed. Um, uh, get that deal done quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna what go. I'm gonna go for a very bold prediction. I'll what? say Switzerland win it one nil, and um, they score. Granit yeah, yeah, yeah. Granit Shaka thirty yard screamer, <laughs> soaking um, no, up all them if tears. That, if that happens. I'm calling you up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it because if he does, if he scores a scream at a World Cup, I'm going yeah. to lose it. He has to, mate. He's like, he's, he's the best form of his life right now. If not now, then when? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to watch the quarterfinals. Though. I think the quarterfinals is when things will really start to get interesting because this is nice. It's nice to see the you know, last 16. But last 16 is almost like the best of the group stages. Well, it is the best of the group stages. Yeah. Um, but it's like... You, the quarterfinals yeah. like, right, these are the serious There you go. These now. are the serious guys. So you know that Australia and USA are going to go out. You know that Poland and Senegal are probably leaving as well. Morocco is going to go as well. Um, Japan, maybe Croatia, maybe those, that, that game itself is just like, you know, two teams that have exceeded expectation for, you know, where they are. Um, and, um, you know, Brazil will probably be there as well. So yeah, quarterfinal stages will be, you know, when we can kind of actually, when things will start to get intense. Um, but hopefully we do see a few surprises before then. Um, just before we end it, uh, in terms of Arsenal players at the World Cup so far, anyone that's particularly impressed? I think it has to be Kai Saka, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, just, it's just unbelievable. Like, I mean, Harry Kane, you're just going to have to pass a torch over, lad. Like, yeah. You're no longer the golden boy. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he's just been, he's just been unreal. I think a standout Arsenal, he's, he's been it. He's been it. Um, I mean, Martinelli looked good, but he hasn't stood out. Yeah. Um, Ben White didn't get an opportunity. Ramsdale hasn't had an opportunity. What about what about the the forgotten boy, um, Turner? Turner did well, to be fair. Um, he did well. Did well against us, that's for sure. Um, yeah. We kept three clean sheets. I think it was, wasn't it? Until obviously they got knocked out by um, Holland. Uh, yeah. I mean, he did. He did well. Um, he even he even had pretty good. Um, What's the, what's the word for it? Um, distribution. Um, like, because that, that was sort of his one big 
thing that we all said, like, oh, I need to improve on. And when I, especially the England game, like, he, he was pinning in passes. So, yeah, um, it wasn't too bad. I think, yeah, he did well. He, he definitely put a good account in for himself. I think there might even be some teams that might even look into him for us if, if, if there's any serious holes in there. Mm. I, got it, like, I mean, he's an Arsenal fan, so I doubt he would leave. But, I mean, yeah. Anyone, any European club offering someone who was playing in the MLS last season a starting position, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, is always tempting. So, yeah, I'll have to say on that one. But, yeah, I, I think standout has been Bukai Saka for me. I, I can't think of really anyone else. I mean, Thomas Pye did, did okay for Ghana as well. He looked, he looked comfortable, but, well, they got knocked out. They couldn't yeah. score. Um. Yeah, I can't really think. Was it Granite Shaka being Granite Shaka? Same. Granite Shaka yeah. being Granite Shaka, yeah. I mean, I, I love the fact that against Serbia, Shakiri and Shaka, like, obviously they're up with the Albanian um, yeah. roots. Yeah. They love playing Serbia, man. They yeah. love yeah. it. They, they, like, turn into, like, they just turn into 2.0 versions. <laughs> you know what I mean? With, like, completely yeah. raw, chiseled chins and that. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just slap it. Um, so, yeah, the Grand Jack has been good. What about you? Who's been your stand Um, I mean, we've mentioned pretty much all the Arsenal boys, haven't we? Um, yeah. Oh, Tommy, Super Tommy. Actually, we oh. haven't really spoken about Tommy Yasu, and he was yeah. one of the main. He he was one of the main reasons how Japan managed to get through that last game. Um, yeah, he's been phenomenal, Tommy. Um, I think that. He's probably he's so young as well. He is super duper young. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens obviously tomorrow. But yes, I think I think he's making. He's finally coming. He's he's making his comeback very slowly. But we're seeing some real grit from from Tommy Yasu. Um, yeah. Other than hopefully that, though, we, hopefully we don't see his elastic calves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glass cards, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just please, please, <laughs> just yeah. don't get injured. We've already had Jesus. Just yeah, <sighs> do about to be honest, can we? Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's, I don't think we've missed anyone else out. That's pretty so. much been all the Arsenal boys. Obviously, uh, Ben having to go back. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. It's pretty much all the players. So, look, I'm going to leave it there. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a nice little catch up, a nice little chat about the World Cup. It's, it's kind of, I feel like it's, it was kind of good that we took that little two two weeks break because now we've been able to um, digest, you know, the yeah. group stages and stuff. And now I guess now we're ready for the knockout rounds. <laughs> so, yeah. Where, where, where are you watching the game tonight? I'm going to watch it at home. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, I'll be watching it at home. It's a Sunday today. So, it's the only day where I can actually relax at home. So, I'm going to watch it at home. And like I said, I'm not massively invested in like international football. Um, like I'm not massive. Next week though, if we get through. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, I guess when we get to the later stages, then you could kind of like the nerves start to kick in a little bit. Um, My my priority has always been Arsenal. Like Arsenal's always been number one. But when England get through to the later stages and you can feel the buzz around the country, then it's a bit like, all right. Here we go, you know. Yeah, and um, even the neutrals start buying tops. You're like, hang about what? <laughs> when did you start liking football? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I just love the World Cup. Oh, right, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, big, big, big night. Um, scoreline predictions. We didn't make one for the England game. I'll let you start. I'm gonna go two one, two in England. All right, I'll go for a 
two nil. Oof. Yeah, I'm gonna Jeez. say a clean sheet Harry, as well. Harry Maguire with another clean sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know he only turns up for the England game, so. Um, Okay, yeah, so we'll leave it there. Um, I want to say a massive thank you once again to everybody who's been listening this year. And About 53 countries. Was yeah, 54. 54. I think we're going to have to start saying hello in 53 different countries now. Languages, I should say. Most of them will be English, but um, yeah. Big, big thank you to everybody who's been listening. If you did enjoy this episode, if you've enjoyed what we've done this whole year, which you really should have because we put in the bloody work to get to this point, um, do drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all the other um, platforms. Just, um, yeah, give us a nice little early Christmas present and um, help us end this year on a massive high. Uh, but, yeah, as always, we will be we will be back next week. And, uh, you know, I mean it. We will be back next week, hopefully with Sham as well. And hopefully... James as well um, and then we can discuss the quarterfinals and any other Arsenal news and actually we will be able to talk about an Arsenal game because Arsenal kick off don't they on the 8th or the 7th it's the 8th of December at 3.30 against Lyon where we will be reunited with a familiar foe um, on the pitch so that will be interesting as well and yeah on that note I'll end it there take care of yourselves enjoy the football and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See you soon, guys.